Tomorrow is Christmas Day, and it marks the culmination of our journey and the observances that we've been taking together for the last month. We've been on a journey at Advent, and you all remember Advent means coming. And so they spent that time, and we spent that four weeks, excited about Jesus coming. But we also get to look forward till he comes back. And so we live right here in the not yet. We look back at his initial coming in the manger, and we get to look forward to his coming back to get us, and we live here, and he wants us to drag as many people with him as we can. And so we get to reflect on Christ's coming, his coming to earth that first Christmas morning so long ago, and his eventual triumphant return. That will complete God's ultimate work of redemption when Jesus comes back. That's what we get to be excited about. That's why I'm excited. It's because that's what God's got planned. His ultimate redemption at the, end of the, at the end. And so all along the way, following the star through all of this, the purpose of that first star was to announce the birth of the coming king. It was to guide weary travelers to a destination that no one saw coming at that time. I mean, I want you to think about it. In Isaiah, which we had up on the screen earlier, 9 verses 2 and 6, it says, The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That was 700 plus years before that first Christmas morning. How many of you kids want to wait seven more days for your Christmas presents? You guys, some of you guys want to open them tonight, don't you? And it's not even Christmas yet. I know I was there when I was a kid. It's all good. Some parents want to open their gifts because they're cool gifts. They know what they're going to get. These guys waited for 700 years for their promised gift. And they were constantly looking. How is this king going to come? Is he going to come riding a white horse and just wipe out the Romans? Is he going to come and set up his kingdom on earth and just reset up the nation of Israel and the people of Israel and give them the nation that they so desire? And so they're watching and they're waiting and they get tired of waiting and they do some things wrong, but they still wait. And all of a sudden, angels come in Luke 2 and freak out some shepherds sitting in the dark. And they say, it's happened. And they sat there. And they said, don't be afraid. They all freaked out, didn't they? You've ever read the story? It says they were trembling. Okay, so I'm afraid. I, maybe you guys are different than me, but something shiny soars up around me and starts singing glory to God in the highest and the sun is born. I'm going to freak out. You guys may be cooler than me, but I'm not that cool. But what did they do after they said it? It says they got up and they followed the star. So this morning, your biggest decision is if you're going to get up from where you're at and follow the star. That's your biggest decision this morning. It isn't whether or not God loves you because that's already been decided at the cross. It's whether or not you're going to love him and start walking towards the star. So as we approach the manger tomorrow morning, we have to look at the end of the story as well as the journey along the way. 
The first Christmas story, as we said in the last few weeks, didn't start that Christmas morning. It started back in Genesis. This story and everything written in the Bible is God's love story to mankind and how he's never given up on us and how he will never give up on us. So in that in mind, go ahead and shut the lights off for a second. I want you guys to close your eyes with me for a second. And I want you to think about this as I read. So maybe right now, imagine yourself out in the middle of a field. Complete darkness surrounding you. Maybe you're in some rolling hillsides. Maybe you hear a brook off in the you hear a brook off in the um, distance. It's a clear night, and you're staring off into nothingness. This is creation. When God created the universe, it was complete black. It was complete darkness. And all of a sudden, God starts flinging some stars into the sky. All of a sudden, one by one, he's calling out their names. All of a sudden, you look into the sky, and it's probably the greatest fireworks show ever as God's putting these stars in the sky. And you're just sitting up there in amazement looking up into the sky. And you just can't can't take it all in. There's like a million shooting stars going across the galaxies right now as he's putting each one into place. Nothing God has ever done has happened by accident. So it says in Psalms 147.4, he counts the stars and calls them by name. So he knew which one and which ones we draw our invisible lines with that would make out the constellations. He knew which ones we'd call the North Star. He knew what we'd see and when we'd see it. And he knows when they're going to burn out, which ones will be there longer, which ones we'll see in a few years from now. Millions of stars just in our galaxy alone, not to count the millions of galaxies that are out there. And God says, guess what? I've placed you on a pale blue dot in a ray on the Milky Way galaxy, and I know you. That's what God spoke over you at creation, because he says, I knew you before you were born. And so when God called out the stars, he was also calling out your name. And he also knew which one, at the exact time was supposed to happen, would start pulsing and burn brighter than any other star in the sky to announce the birth of his son. So did you guys start to picture that in your minds a little bit? I don't know about you guys, but I like looking at the stars. I like going out in the middle of nowhere and just staring up and seeing God's creation. Because it reminds me how, how insignificant I am, but how significant God made me. And there's a talk I listened to years back called Insignificant Significance. And like I said, as God called out the stars, he also knows each one of your names. You're not a mistake here this morning.
You never have been a mistake. He created you for a purpose. And so as that story started that Christmas morning, and it spans through all of history, from creation to Jesus born in Bethlehem, to us gathered here today, it will continue on for years to come until he comes back. It doesn't stop. That story of God's love never stops. It says, it will lead us, it, this light will lead you beyond today because it's a light of God's love showing us the way to himself and the love that came down that first Christmas night and how that love rescues everyone. And so today we are joined together to look at the manger at that very first Christmas and how everything we've talked about and journeyed through over the past several weeks comes to be. This journey to the unexpected as to how Jesus brought hope to the doubting and fearful, love when we least expect it but most need it, joy to the hurting and peace to the broken and storm-tossed. Jesus entered the world on that first Christmas night to a world that was in chaos, a world that was dark, a world that wanted nothing to do with him. And this is the world Jesus came to. Think about that, because it says in his word, while we were yet sinners, Christ chose to die for us. So while we were still his enemy, he loved us. And that's why I always am saying to people, God is always pursuing you. You can't outrun him. You can get tired from running from him, but he's never going to stop pursuing you. Because he pursued you that first Christmas night by sending his son to be born in a manger. He took what the world saw as shameful, lowly, broke, and nothing and made it great. So this morning, if you're not feeling good about yourself, understand, nobody thought that manger was great either until Jesus showed up in it. And if Jesus shows up in your life, he's telling you you're great. So don't ever doubt that. God has got a plan for your life that you can't even begin to imagine. And he started it by sending his son. And that first step we took on that journey on that first day of Advent was the journey to hope. The journey to understand that Jesus brought hope to those who were fearful. People who didn't see a way, Jesus brought hope to. And so through all the years and all the centuries of the people waiting and hoping for a Savior culminated on that first Christmas. Our present hope was fulfilled in the birth, the death, the resurrection of Jesus. That's where our present hope lies, is that Jesus came, Jesus died, and Jesus rose. Again, another quick testimony for people if you want to share Jesus with people. He came, he died for you, and he rose for you. And our future hope is understanding he's coming back. So we have a past, present, and future hope. We can look back with great expectations of who Jesus says he is and know that our assurance is in him. It's not in my circumstances. And so wherever you are, it's not too late. God's timing is perfect. The good news today is when darkness seems the deepest, God is about to show up. So look for the star. When you're going through some stuff, Jesus is there beside you, and he says, I'll show my light on that. Look for me. The second week we travel and journey to love, 
And one thing we need to understand, and we talked about it a few weeks ago, love isn't a choice. It isn't a feeling for God. It's who he is. God doesn't love you. God is love. His character is love. Okay? So we look back, and all God's done, if you read all throughout scriptures, he never stopped loving. Because that's who he is. That's, who, that's what he does. It's part of everything he is, is love. And Jesus is that second part of the Trinity, and he is the same way. And the Holy Spirit is our guarantee of what God's given us. And that's the third person in the Trinity. And he says, guess what? I'm going to leave you with something even better. Now think about that for a second. Jesus is getting ready to go back to heaven. Okay, the Son of God just rose from the dead. He getting ready to go back to heaven, and he says, hang on, I'm going to give you something better. Wrap your mind around that for a second. What's better than a dude raising from the dead? Healing people, performing miracles, walking on water. What's better than that? But Jesus said he's going to send us something better, right? You know what he said in his word? And we believe God can't lie. So it must mean he sent us something better, which was the Holy Spirit. And then he says, guess what? Not only am I sending you something better, but greater works than I, you're going to do. How many of you guys believe that you're going to do greater works than Jesus did with the Holy Spirit working through you? Yeah, people don't get too excited about that one, do they? That's who God is. God sent his Holy Spirit to live inside of you, to baptize you, to give you the power to bring the kingdom with you. He calls you joint heirs with Christ in his word. He calls you more than conquerors for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because when we do those greater works than Jesus did, everything we do points, us, points people to Jesus and then God gets glorified. That makes sense? The greater works we're going to do are all about pointing people to Jesus. They're not about pointing people to me. And so as I do things and I show people love, the love that God showed for us, because in 1 John 4, 9 and 11 it says, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Says, dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. Verse 16, we know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love, because God is love. And all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. Jesus said the greatest commandment was to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And he said, the second is like this. Love your neighbor as yourself. So as we journey to the love that God showed us, it's about journeying with people and loving them. The third step we took on was joy. It says, suddenly an angel appeared. An angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified but the angels reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good noise, news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, 
Yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. So we look back at the hope, the good news of great joy was Jesus. When they proclaimed the good news of great joy, it was about proclaiming the birth of the Son of God. And you want to know something? These shepherds just believed it. How many of them had to go read their Bible? How many of them gave the angels the excuse, whoa, let me pray about this first before I go? <laughs> I know I'm probably stepping on some toes right now. But this is what God talked to me about. Are you willing to follow the star when I tell you why the star's there? You're going to question why I told you to go. So when God's asking us to do something, sometimes we just need to get up and do it. Because if the shepherds would have never listened to the angels on this first Christmas morning, they'd still be sitting in their fields and, have missed, and would have missed Jesus' birth. Some of you have been so busy with life, so busy with trying to figure out where you're going, who you are, all your past and everything else that you've missed, what God has planned for you. But take hope in the fact that God's timing is perfect and he will bring you back. We just got to look for him. Today we have the same message those, those shepherds had that first Christmas morning. We have the same message of his birth. We have the message of his resurrection and of his death and how much he loves us. And we also get to look back forward and see that joy and pain will coexist. Jesus never said you're not going to have problems. Jesus said... And I'm going to go over this in peace a little bit more. But Jesus said, understand, you're going to have troubles in this world, but understand, I've overcome the world. Understand, you're going to have pain. Understand, you're going to make mistakes. Understand, people are going to hurt you. Understand, jobs are going to fire you. Understand, things will happen that don't make sense. But Jesus says, hang on, because I've beat this already. Do we live with that joy in our life of understanding that Jesus has already defeated our problems? Or do we wallow in self-pity for what could have happened? And so joy is that settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life, the quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right, and the determined choice to praise God in, in every situation. And joy is a current confidence that flows from the future hope of the practical guidance that is made possible by the constant presence of God. The fourth thing we journeyed on in that week was peace. If you watch the news, you read the paper, you talk to people, this is probably the most elusive thing right now is peace in our culture. Everybody's pitted against each other. Everybody gets offended by everything, and we can't have peace. Why? Because we're selfish by nature and want our way. Jesus came to show us a better way, which was to live for others. The only way to truly have peace in today's world is understand that the, Isaiah declared it and so did the angels that the Prince of Peace had come. 
And that Prince of Peace will bring peace to your life. Because we no longer have to worry about whether or not somebody cuts us off in traffic. How many of that people does that annoy besides me? And you always wave and say, hey, have a great day, right? Why do we do that? Because it's about us, isn't it? They cut us off, and how dare they do that to me? Do they not know who I am? I'm nobody. But Jesus says, I'm going to give you a gift of peace that surpasses all understanding by the power of the Holy Spirit living in us. And then at the end of the day, when he comes back to get us, it's going to be the ultimate gift of peace to live with him forever. And so as we followed the star on this journey of peace, we realized that it is not a journey away from pain and suffering. Jesus never said that. It's not a journey away from all the problems of the world. Because think of the state of the world at that first Christmas. There was noise. There was hurt. There was pain. There was struggle. And on that first journey as I was driving up here this morning thinking about it, do you think a shepherd's walk from where their field was, they don't say how far it was to the manger, do they? So do you know if they had to cross over a river to get to that manger? Or better yet, the wise men. They traveled for years following that star. Was their journey easy? Probably not. And like all of us, you travel with a group of people. One of them's going to annoy you. You probably got at least one argument on that way to following the star. Think about the journey on that first Christmas for those people going that first Christmas. God didn't say it was going to be easy. God never said your life was going to make sense. God says, Jesus makes sense. Focus on the star and the journey will make sense. Because there's purpose in your pain. I can use what I need to use to create the character in you that I need to affect the world. And so you can be history makers. Because every one of you, God has declared over your life that you are history makers. His story. And so that's what we do. When we're journeying on peace, we say, Jesus, you own my life. Jesus, all my life that's filled with hardships, I know you're with me every step of the way. So I can walk through it. Because John 14, 27 says... I do not, or peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled. Do not be afraid. And so Jesus says, understand, things are going to happen. The journey of hope, love, joy, and peace has led to the same place. It leads to the same place to us today that it led to those first journeyers on that first Christmas. And it was to the manger. It was to follow the star that shined brighter than any other star in the sky. And the people knew to follow it. God had set a plan in motion at the beginning of creation to say, guess what? I'm going to put a star in the sky and it will shine the brightest over your life when you need it the most. Because that's how much I love you. That's how much you mean to me. 
The star marked Jesus' arrival, but understand, Jesus is the true light of the world. We use a symbol of a star, but Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And so when we understand, whoever follows him, he says in John 8, will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And so this morning, this is God's invitation for you to come to his manger, to come to his light, and to experience his story in your life. And so as we get ready to celebrate Christmas morning tomorrow, and you get around your kids, and you get around family, and I've been using that line from the Grinch's movie, I don't know if any of you guys seen that, where he says, maybe Christmas doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas means just a little bit more. This Christmas focus on the little bit more. Because that's why we celebrate Christmas. We received the greatest gift in all of history on that first Christmas when Jesus gave himself for us.